12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time now for our Australia update to get all the latest headlines from down under. Joining us on the line, as always, is Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way from Brisbane. Jason, how are you today? I'm great. Good afternoon to you, Adrian, all the listeners on a beautiful sunny lunchtime. Yeah, let's start with your article. You wrote about Singapore's COVID-19 situation, vaccination levels, and, you know, how the situation has evolved here. You wrote this article for ABC News, and, you know, it racked up quite a few page views, 500,000 or so to be exact. Uh, Tell me the reaction to this article and the process of, you know, putting it out there. Yeah, the reason I did this article was that uh, Singapore has achieved, uh, you know, above 80% double vaccination. That's sort of the benchmark for Australia as it goes forward. And and we know that Sydney, Melbourne and Canberra are all locked down at the moment. So Prime Minister Scott Morrison has sort of set this target as part of our reopening. But it was a wake up call, as uh, many Singapore listeners will know, that once you do reach 80% double vaccination rate, doesn't mean the problems are over with COVID-19. You've seen you know, this week with some surging numbers across Singapore. So I wrote this article for the ABC News website and I called on some old contacts and, uh, and tried a few new ones as well. And, you know, spoke to Alex Cook. He was an infectious diseases modeling expert at National University of Singapore. I also spoke to another epidemiologist, uh, Leon Ho Nam, who's from the Rofi Clinic. And I spoke to a clinical psychologist, Annabelle Chow, from the Annabelle uh, Clinics across uh, Singapore and got different perspectives about, you know, the way things are going there. And this article went absolutely viral. It's, as you mentioned, over half a million page views. You know, I wrote it on Monday. It's still driving audiences uh, to our website at ABC. I even spoke to Glenn Van Zeffen, who uh, hosts the Weekend Morning Show, my old show from Van Media Group, who gave me a comment about, uh, you know, how things are, are going and how challenging things are. So this really captured the imagination of our audience. 43.2% fully vaccinated in Australia now. And around uh, 70% has received at least one dose. But I tell you, sometimes you do things, uh, you know, you do stories or recordings of podcasts and and they take off. And this one has taken off like a Singapore Airlines jet flying out of Changi Airport. (laughs) Love that analogy as well. But Jason, it just goes to show that even with a high vaccination take up rate, this Delta variant is showing no signs of stopping anytime soon. Let's quickly touch on Australia's coronavirus situation. Sydney is flattening out while Melbourne's cases are going up. What's the latest um, surrounding these two areas? Yes. Well, firstly, also, I should mention that Canberra, the the nation's capital, has seen its uh, lockdown extended for another month, which is uh, pretty disturbing. And Canberra sits between Sydney and Melbourne. You know, New South Wales's cases were going towards 2000. Now they're getting closer to 1000. So that means that they're flattened out. Victoria's have been, uh, you know, looking like they're going up, you know, been above 400 or pushing 500. So there is a concern about uh, Melbourne having been the most locked down Australian city. Uh, again, we are trying to get people out to get vaccinated. Here in Queensland, you know, the vaccination rates are quite low. As also with uh, Western Australia, uh, as you know, they're not looking too good with the vaccination rates. So that's the kind of problem that we have in areas like 
Queensland and Western Australia, you know, Perth, a lot of Singaporeans, you know, it's almost like a second home to them. They've gone there so often. Perth's shut off to the rest of Australia, but they aren't going very well with their vaccination rates. So if there's going to be a truck driver who comes in with COVID and, and spreads it around, then we're going to get a situation in Perth or here in, in Brisbane that's going to be similar to Melbourne or Sydney. So that is the big concern that, um, you know, in the states that are doing better with coronavirus, the vaccination levels aren't where they should be. But in New South Wales, and particularly in Western Sydney, the vaccination is really, really good. And there's a suburb uh, in a, a, a sort of local government area of, of Sydney in the West where they're up to 90% double vaccination, uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, so that's uh, the thing that we're looking at at the moment. But again, that article I wrote was a wake-up call for Aussies who think that their lives are going to get back to normal once they hit the 80% vaccination mark for two vaccines. Yes, the COVID-19 situation is so fluid and, you know, lockdowns come and go. But the last time we spoke on the show, Jason, we discussed Australia's vaccination swap deal with Singapore. And just a few days later, they agreed another swap deal, this time with the United Kingdom, with more vaccine doses involved. Tell me a little bit more about these two swap deals. You know, what makes them different? Yeah, I think the one with Singapore is around 500,000 doses of Pfizer. But the one with the UK is 4 million. Prime Minister Scott Morrison agreeing the deal with uh, the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. They're quite good friends. And it means that these extra vaccines will help Australia come out of lockdowns sooner. So under the deal, Australia will send the same number of doses back to the UK later in the year. And uh, the doses are already arriving uh, in Australia. We're also getting Moderna as well as Pfizer in our vaccine rollout. But these are Pfizer doses from uh, the UK. AstraZeneca has also been widely available. That's what I've been double vaccinated with. So it's good news for Australia, which uh, also deals with Poland uh, that have been done before in addition to Singapore. And it's really a big boost to New South Wales in particular with the Premier Gladys Berejiklian saying she's aiming for Sydney to welcome travellers by November. So if that happens, then these doses from the UK really need to be put in people's arms. Yeah, that's, um, you know, refreshing to hear and also means that Australia's borders can reopen to international visitors once again. I think it was March last year when the borders actually shut, unless you were, of course, an Australian citizen or resident coming back um, into the country. Jason, just away from the COVID-19 situation, Australia's house prices are up 19%, but the Reserve Bank of Australia says it can't do anything about it. Now, why is this? Yes, we actually heard a speech from the Reserve Bank of Australia Governor Philip Lowe earlier this week, and he said that the Reserve Bank of Australia won't be lifting interest rates anytime soon. And the RBA expects to keep the cash rate at record lows for a few more years. So he's come out and said that. And, you know, we have seen these prices surge with the median price uh, for a house in Australia around 830,000, the Aussie dollar and the Singapore dollar about the same in value. So uh, Dr. Lowe, he is the Reserve Bank governor. He came out and spoke about, um, you know, sort of said nothing to do with us. We're going to just keep the interest rates low. This is something for governments. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we all know that Australia historically has had quite high uh, interest rates. And, you know, it used to be that you could maybe get six or seven percent on your savings and make a pretty good profit. But now it's near zero. Cash rate target is currently at a record low 0.1%. And that's feeding the rapid growth in house prices with, you know, mortgage rates around 2% or lower for fixed rates. So pretty much we're going to be in this uh, case scenario for a few more years, you know, 
and uh, the new Australian Bureau of Statistics data showed that property prices rose 6.7% in the June quarter, which was the strongest quarterly growth in 18 years. So that means that the mean price of residential dwellings grew by $52,500. So as I mentioned, around $535,000 for a median price. 12 months ago, the mean price of residential dwellings was just 689,000. So how about that for a change? And we are seeing the biggest growth in Sydney and Canberra. Sydney at 8.1% change uh, in the latest quarter and Canberra at 8.2%. Melbourne at 6.1% and here in Brisbane, I'm at 5.7%. Perth still a bit sluggish at 4.8%. So that's uh, the way things have gone. And it is amazing how you know prices now pushing that twenty percent uh, increase almost since uh, the pandemic began. Yeah, truly mind-boggling numbers. What a boom! We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist. Jason, another topic you know I want to discuss is ageism, which is on the rise in Australia now. Why is this a problem? Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it, Adrian? And and I'm not getting any younger, so this is something that I'm very aware of, but we have seen a a survey taken and Australians pretty much admitted that they did exercise uh, discrimination against older people, even if they were not perhaps consciously aware of it, you know, and we are seeing Australians not getting jobs because of their age. It was actually a report that was released on Tuesday, a survey of 2,440 people, 11 focus groups, an examination of existing Australian and international research. And it does show that, uh, young adults uh, have a lot more opportunities than older adults and you know people who are over the age of um, 50 find it much more difficult to get work Uh, and that's partly because managers who might be in their 30s or 40s don't want to give them jobs because they think that maybe you know they're too expensive or they got you know hard attitudes they're not going to work as hard but we all know adrian that um, you know experienced workers can often be very very helpful to a younger team by passing on uh, advice and also they might have very good work ethics that have been developed over a series of decades. But it is interesting. I know Singapore also is dealing with ageism and the government there has been doing a lot of things to try and give older workers opportunities, maybe in a different industry. Yeah, this um, ageism is certainly a big problem. And But I guess the pandemic has sort of eased that because uh, more couples are having kids, the pandemic babies, as they're better known as well. Jason, time to discuss some sport as well on the show, of course, you know, a subject which is very close to both our hearts. Let's start with the rugby Australia beat the Springboks, uh, the South African rugby team, thanks to a comeback after four years by Quade Cooper. I remember this name because we discussed this on the show a few months ago. He's finally able to get Australian citizenship. Awesome news. (laughs) It really is awesome news. And I was working actually in the ABC newsroom uh, over the weekend. And it was so exciting because on Sunday night, we had uh, Australia beating South Africa with a last minute penalty goal after full time by Quade Cooper, you know, from distance. And, you know, South Africa are the reigning rugby world champions. And on the same night, Daniel Ricciardo won the Italian Formula One Grand Prix for his first win in Formula One in three years. And I was working uh, with a guy called Mick Doyle, who's a big sports fan, a rugby player. He loves Formula One. And we were we were jumping all over the newsroom because we were so excited. But as you mentioned, you know, Quade Cooper is uh, New Zealand born, came to Australia when he was uh, 13 years of age. He's played for Australia 71 times. You know, he's played in World Cups. You know, he's been a 
hero many, many times before for Australia. Bit of a polarizing figure because he's a bit controversial at times. But because he went to Japan to play rugby um, for, I think, the best part of a couple of years, uh, he didn't qualify to get his citizenship because he hadn't been in Australia for the required time. But we did see the citizenship rules relaxed for prospective Australians, especially if they had outstanding qualifications like Quade Cooper. So just days after this heroic performance, uh, you know, playing for Australia against um, South Africa on the Gold Coast, he found out this week that, yes, he will get his Australian citizenship despite being knocked back four times previously. So it's, you know, he's 33 years of age now. So he's been in Australia for 20 years. He went to high school here. So he's absolutely delighted that, uh, you know, he's now going to be able to call himself an Australian, having worn the colours of Australia for a long, long time. Yeah, justice, you know, he certainly deserved um, citizenship after all he's done and he's played uh, for so long. He's also been in the country uh, for so long as well. Jason, you were also involved in an outside broadcast, this for your radio station back home in Brisbane. You know, we haven't done an OB out here for quite some time now, and it, it's always fun to, you know, get out there and broadcast. Tell me a couple of highlights from that experience. Yeah, this was uh, a lot of fun, Adrian. And as I've mentioned, you know, Queensland, Southeast Queensland is doing pretty well COVID-wise. So we're able to go to a place called Bean Lee, which is sort of halfway between the Gold Coast and Brisbane. And we went to the Bean Lee Tavern, which is one of the sponsors of my radio station, 101 FM, Logan City. And we set up there, you know, we were on the air for about three hours playing songs and, you know, people were coming by and, and, and talking to us and, you know, fans, if you like. So, um, of course, we we were observing social distancing and we had our masks when we were setting up and all that. But it was a lot of fun to be in the community there in a working class part of uh, Logan, which is where my radio station is. And, uh, you know, just enjoying the spring sunshine and, you know, having a cup of coffee, playing some great songs and, and talking to the punters, including a, a guy from the UK who told me that the reason he was living in Australia now, he won a radio competition, you know, a decade earlier to come to Australia on a holiday. He liked it so much, he decided to stay. Always um, a nice story. And you come across so many people, you know, from different walks of life, different professions and so on. And um, yeah, it certainly looked like you had a great experience because from the photos I saw on LinkedIn, uh, you always had a smile on your face. Uh, just finally, Jason, let's talk about the, the Queensland school holidays. Uh, they're about to begin. And, you know, we briefly discussed uh, your daughter's plans during these holidays as the border bubble reopens. Quite an exciting trip that she's looking forward to yes indeed you know she is going uh, to Cairns for a school trip uh, you know in term four but the holidays will begin next week so we've got lots of things planned but for people across you know Queensland uh, now they can get back to northern New South Wales and people and vice versa because the Queensland New South Wales border bubble is back which means that you know that border town of Coolangatta and Tweed Heads, which is at the southern end of the Gold Coast, had been kind of locked off. And we saw heartbreaking scenes of Father's Day and, you know, gifts being handed over a barricade between, you know, parents and kids, you know. So that was that was really tough to see. But now the Queensland New South Wales border bubble is open again. So there is that back and forth in that community on the border. And it means that, you know, life is slowly starting to get back to normal in this part of the world, which is just south of where I am and not too far away from Bean Lee, where I was sitting and enjoying the sunshine last Saturday morning. 
So let's hope that we don't get the coronavirus uh, here in Queensland that we've seen in New South Wales, because there always is a risk. If you, even if you open up just a, a glimpse of uh, sunshine through a door, you wonder, you know, will the door swing open and, and the bright light will come through completely? Maybe that's not the best analogy when we're talking about <laughs> uh, infections of COVID-19. Uh, but anyway, that, for the school holidays, Adrian, it is good news that there is that back forth on the border now between uh, New South Wales and Queensland. Yeah, exciting news as well. And as you mentioned, that everyone must do their part. Stay safe. This situation is so fluid. It could change in literally a few hours. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, uh, all the way in Brisbane. Jason, always a pleasure speaking to you and getting the latest headlines from down under. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. But tell me a little bit more about your cooking before we go, because uh, now it's, uh, you know, it's <laughs> a routine. Wife, uh, she's working now. And um, she always gives me things to do in the day because often I work from home for the ABC on the website. Mm. So today I am cutting up veggies for the Hong Kong style steamed fish. And tomorrow I'm cooking pasta. Uh, I always go for the gluten free pasta. Uh, So, yeah, I've always got things to do. And um, I'm getting better because in Singapore I rarely cooked. I would always go out to the wonderful eateries outside whether it was hawker centers or you know fusion restaurants and whatever else Mm. but here in australia it's uh, more about cooking because restaurants here are so expensive (laughs) glad you're having such a good time stay safe jason and i'll catch up with you soon thank you very much adrian to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app that's a-w-e-d-i-o available on google play or the app store